Happy Friday, everybody. It is Friday, March 17th, 2023. This is the Second Half Podcast. I'm Tom Powell, and if you're listening to this, as always, that means you made it through another week and margaritas are in order. This is the point of the show where I tell you why you should go get margaritas, as if you need a reason to go get margaritas on a Friday, but Uh, This week, it's because today is St. Patrick's Day, and my podcast is back. Two reasons to celebrate profusely. So, when you get off of work today, go get yourself a pitcher of margaritas, pour yourself a glass, hold it up high in the air and say, Happy St. Patrick's Day, and welcome back to the Second Half Podcast. Now, Before we get into what we're going to talk about, as I do on every one of these episodes, it's time for some housekeeping, predominantly for the people who are finding me for the very first time. If you're finding me for the very first time, there are a couple things that you need to know about this podcast and me. First, you need to know that this is an amateur podcast. This is not done in a professional studio. There is no editor. There is no producer. There is no mixer. Nobody's paying me to do this. So you're going to hear some background noise. You're going to hear my dogs bark. You're going to hear my vacuum, my robot vacuum, bang against the office door. You're going to hear something that's going to make you go, well, that's not supposed to be there. That's not very professional, is it? It's not meant to be professional. It's meant to be like two people sitting on the deck shooting shit. So if you hear some background noise, just roll with it. Don't send me an email talking about how unprofessional my podcast is, because I already don't give a fuck. And and your email is just going to serve for more content for me on the various social media sites to make fun of you. The second thing that you need to know, if you're finding me for the very first time, is my website. That would be oldhippymedia.com. That's oldhippie, H-I-P-P-I-E, media.com. There you'll find damn near anything you, you, you want to know about me. You'll find my blog. You'll find links on where you can follow me on the various social media sites. You'll find a link on where you can find my first two books. They are entitled A Grateful Life, The Life Story of a Husband, Father, and Taco-Loving Deadhead, and Dearest Renee, Letters from the Coronavirus War of 2020. They are available in paperback and ebook formats. You'll find a link to my merch store. I have over 400 items for you to choose from, t-shirts and hoodies and cell phone cases and magnets and buttons and stickers and wine tumblers and travel mugs and coasters and Christmas ornaments and underwear, and you fucking name it, we got it. You'll find links on where, uh, a link, I should say, on where you can book me on Cameo if you want to do a video shout-out to somebody, wish them a happy birthday, congratulations on the promotion, tell them that their football team sucks, whatever the case may be, I can do that for you over on Cameo. You'll find links on how to get a hold of me, how to send me a message, how to send me something in person, or uh, not in person, but, you know, physical something in the mail, and uh, links on how you can support me. All of that can be found on old hippie media. Now, for those of you who have been following me for some time, you're saying to yourself, well, wait a minute, you didn't mention your Patreon. 
for quite some time now, I've been doing a second podcast called Taco Tuesdays with Tom over on Patreon. I am, uh, I'm actually going to suspend that podcast for the moment. We've been stuck at 44 subscribers over there for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I need to uh, retool that and figure out what I want to do with Patreon uh, to increase the viewership over there, increase the subscribership over there. Uh, So if you're a Patreon subscriber, if you want to continue being a Patreon subscriber because you just like uh, being connected with me in some way, shape, or form, and and, and don't mind paying the $4.20 a month to continue being a subscriber, awesome. If you want to drop out because I'm going to suspend that podcast for the time being, totally understandable. But there will not be any Taco Tuesdays with Tom podcast for a little while. I'm going to be trying to figure out how to retool that over the course of spring and see if we bring that back over the summer. So for the time being, this will be my only podcast. Now that we've uh, dispensed with the uh, advertisements, we need to move on to the stuff that we're going to talk about. I, 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 people say that you should talk about your stuff like uh, on your website more often. That's how you can pull in more money. And believe me, I would love to make enough money off of my online presence uh, to the point where my wife wouldn't have to work. Uh, but I do this stuff because I enjoy doing this stuff, and if it brings in money, awesome. And what I don't want to do is I don't want to turn this into a never-ending commercial for me and my my various projects. If you want to book me on Cameo and I make a couple bucks off of it, aces. If, if, if 10,000 people want to join my Patreon, phenomenal. Either way, I'm going to still be doing what I'm doing. Uh I'm just going to slow down on the Patreon stuff for the time being until we figure out how to boost subscription membership over there. Uh, But that's the end of the uh, advertisements for me. We're going to leave that where it is, and we're going to move on to the shit that we're going to talk about this week. Uh, As I mentioned, today is St. Patrick's Day, if you're listening to this on Friday when it airs. Uh, And my message to you, if you're listening to me here, Uh, is please be responsible. Please be responsible. Don't be like one of the millions of assholes who choose to participate in amateur hour tonight. People who get so fucking drunk, they're puking in the alley behind the bar before they attempt to drive home. Don't be that person. Get a designated driver so that you can party responsibly. Don't be a dick when you get drunk. Remember, no means no. And and try not to embarrass yourself and your family by your actions on a Friday uh, night that just so happens to be St. Patrick's Day. Be responsible. Don't be a dick, okay? Keep your head about yourself when going out for a couple of uh, libations this fine evening. Now, um, I mentioned earlier in the podcast that I'm back. Uh, For those of you that are finding me for the first time, what does that mean? Well, it's been exactly one month since I've done a podcast. February 17th was my last podcast episode. So why have I not done a podcast episode in a month? Well, simple. First, 
I was on vacation. We went on a cruise uh, that I have not had a chance to talk to you guys about on this format yet. I've talked about it on the various social media platforms. Uh, and, and then I got sick. We, we got back from our cruise on a Sunday. The following day, Monday, I started to feel ill. Uh, by Monday night, I was sick as a dog. Tuesday, my wife said, you really should take a COVID test. And I did, and it turned up positive for the Rona. A few days later, my wife turned up positive for the Rona, and it's been a hell of a run here in the Casa de Paolo. Uh, so first, let's talk about the cruise real quickly, because I haven't had a chance to talk about it with you guys here on the podcast. We had a phenomenal time on the cruise. Uh, we took a cruise on Norwegian cruise lines. Uh, the ship was called the Breakaway, and it was out of New Orleans. Uh, we had two days at sea. We had one day in Cozumel, Mexico. One day in Costa Maya, Mexico. One day in Belize, and one day in Honduras. Uh, sea days are sea days. There's really nothing to write home about when it comes to sea days. If you can get some uh, some uh, pool time in, aces. Uh, but the, you got to remember when you're at sea, everybody is still on the boat, and there are a limited number of pools. So not everybody's going to get to enjoy the pool on a sea day. Uh, when we docked in Belize, my wife and I got off the boat did a little bit of shopping just at the little shops at the end of the pier uh, and got right back on the ship and spent the day at the pool. Uh, we usually like to take a port day uh, to utilize the ship being empty so that we can get some quality pool time. We chose Belize this time. Uh, in Honduras, we went to a little island with beautiful beaches. A uh, little boat takes you over there. It's a little five-minute boat ride, not even five minutes. Um, and there's a beautiful beach that you can swim at. They serve you lunch. Uh, there are a bunch of rescued animals uh, on the island that you can see. It was, it was a beautiful day. It was a beautiful beach. We got to, uh, we got to get in the, in, into some salt water and uh, uh, not just enjoy swimming on the ship in the pool. It was the two stops in uh, Mexico in which we did what I would consider to be really fun excursions. Uh, in Cozumel, Mexico, we did a tacos and tequila pairing, uh, which I was a little hesitant about, uh, but it was my idea to go on it. Uh, I was hesitant because I'm a picky eater, you know, and I don't drink. So I was really kind of wondering what this was going to turn into. Turned out to be a really fun event. The owner of this restaurant slash tequila making place uh, sets these things up and he brings over uh, busloads of people, van loads of people, not busloads of people, uh, to his place. I don't know. It was probably 20 people-ish, roughly, in this room with us. And they teach you the history of tequila and tequila making. Uh, they teach you the history behind a few different types of tacos. You actually make your own tortilla for your first taco, and you get three different kinds of tacos. Uh, and they pair it with a couple of different kinds of tequila. Uh, I just had water. 
wasn't participating in the tequila shooters. Not not my cup of tea. But the tacos were phenomenal. Uh, the first taco we had was off the fucking chain. And while we were sitting there with our group of people, my wife got on her phone and found a recipe for that type of taco and sent it to me. So that's something that I'm going to need to fuck with in the near future because, damn, that shit was good. So that was, if you're ever in uh, Cozumel and you have an opportunity to go on the tacos and tequila pairing, I highly recommend it. You're going to have a good time, especially if you like tacos, really especially if you like tequila because they were not shy about the, the tequila. Some of the boys in our group were asking for second, thirds, and fourths on some of the shots, and they were glad to hand it over. You know, they also sell the tequila there, so, you know, it's kind of also an enticement to get you to buy what you just sampled from them. But if you have a chance, do it. The other Mexican stop where we did an excursion, like I said, was in Costa Maya. And we went to uh, some ancient Mayan ruins uh, at that stop. And I really enjoyed that. I mean, I listen, it was a lot of walking. It was a lot of climbing up and down these thousand-year-old steps to be able to get to these ruins. But that's the kind of shit that I like doing. And I really enjoyed that stop a lot. Uh, if you get a chance to go to Costa Maya, Mexico on a cruise, and you can do the ancient uh, Mayan ruins excursion, do it. It was very fun. It was uh, not a very long uh, uh, ride in the uh, in the van. Uh, like I said, a lot of walking once there. Um, they have some water and some pop for you to be able to have. And there's a little shop there that sells food and snacks and, and souvenirs. And let me tell you something. They are fucking proud of their souvenirs. I paid $60 for a picture frame and a miniature sculpture of the Mayan ruins. I thought my wife was going to have a fucking heart attack. But you're there. You only live once, and I wanted it. So, eh, probably too much money to spend, but nonetheless. If you have an opportunity, do it. And then we were back in New Orleans and uh, uh, flew back home the day we departed uh, the ship. We actually flew down to New Orleans a day early, uh, spent the night over in Metairie, the next town over. Uh, Mardi Gras was going on, and uh, we took a cab into the French Quarter, walked around a bit, did some shopping at some of the shops in the French Quarter, had a little bit of gumbo, uh, had a little outdoor uh, restaurant there, took in some sights, and then got the fuck out of the French Quarter before all the parade started. Four o'clock in the afternoon, went back to the hotel, chilled out a bit, then got up and went to the cruise ship the next morning. It's not a bad departure point, New Orleans. I love the city of New Orleans. Been there a few times. It's probably my favorite city in the United States outside of the city of Chicago. And uh, uh, I could go to New Orleans and Mardi Gras every fucking year and not get tired of it. But if you're not a people person, it's not where you want to be. Because there are fucking people everywhere. So just be advised of that. So the cruise was fun. Uh, but the dealing with the COVID ever since the cruise has not been fun. And I haven't been doing podcasts because 
Uh, to be honest with you, I couldn't make it through a 45-minute or hour-long podcast without hacking up a lung. Hell, I might hack up a lung during this. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. <sighs> Sorry. I did that. Wet my whistle there. Uh, but that's why I haven't been doing podcasts. I'm feeling much better. Um, so I decided we're going to give it a whirl. We're going to try and do a podcast today. Uh, we'll see how long. It I doubt this is going to be a full hour, but you never know. I mean, we're already 16 minutes into this thing, and we haven't even gotten to uh, a single news story. So uh, now that I'm back and doing podcasts, uh, I plan on doing them every Friday like normal. Um, I'm hoping that I can do one, uh, I can record one next Thursday, because next Friday I actually won't be in town again. We have a, a college campus tour for my daughter for one of the four colleges that she's been accepted to. She needs to make a decision here relatively soon on one of these colleges, so uh, we're, we're trying to get in these college tours. So I actually won't be in town next Friday. Um, so I'm hoping I can record one on Thursday and be able to air it on Friday for you. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but the plan is to continue to doing to continue to do regular Friday podcasts like always, and as I said earlier, pull back on the Patreon stuff for the time being. I'm going to leave my Patreon up. Uh, I'm going to leave all those episodes there, and I'm just going to try and figure out what it is I want to do with that in the meantime, and we'll see what happens. Um. Speaking of seeing what happens, uh, we're going to need to see what happens with TikTok, which is where I have, without question, the largest social media following uh, of any of my social media platforms. I think it goes TikTok, then Twitter, then Facebook, then Instagram, uh, no, then YouTube, then Instagram. So I got 1.3 million, creeping up on 1.4 million on TikTok. They have like 7,400 on uh, Twitter. Um, no, then it would be YouTube next at 2.6, creeping up on 2.7 thousand subscribers. Uh, subscribers. I have like 2,400, 2,500 followers on Instagram. I got the order mixed up. My apologies. And then I have, I don't know, like 1,800, 1,900 uh, followers on Facebook. And then, of course, it, it goes down from there. I guess if you want to throw Clapper in, I got 25,000 on Clapper. So that would be my second largest platform. Uh, but we're steering down the possibility of TikTok being banned in the United States. <coughs> Excuse me. So I'm now going to read to you from NPR. The Biden administration is demanding that Chinese-owned TikTok be sold, or the popular video app could face a ban in the U.S., according to a TikTok spoke, uh, spokesperson. Whether federal officials have given TikTok a deadline to find a buyer remains unclear. Regardless, it is a major escalation by the White House and White House officials who have grown increasingly concerned about the safety of Americans' data, Americans' data on the app used by more than 100 million Americans. It is the first time the Biden administration has explicitly threatened to ban TikTok. President Trump attempted to put TikTok out of business 
but the actions were halted by federal courts. The new demand from U.S. officials will almost certainly be met with a legal challenge from TikTok. The company is, quote, disappointed in the outcome, said a TikTok spokesperson, about the demand from U.S. officials. An American company acquiring TikTok would require the blessings of Chinese officials who for years have been hostile to the idea of selling off its first global social media success. For two years, the Committee on Foreign Investment in the U.S., or CFIUS, the way I say it, uh, C-F-I-U-S, and I know that that's not CFIUS, but that's the way I pronounce it, has been examining whether U.S. data is properly safeguarded. In response, TikTok has committed to spend $1.5 billion on a plan known as Project Texas, which would enact a stronger firewall between TikTok and employees of its Beijing parent company. The plan relies on the data supervision of Texas-based software company Oracle. It also includes independent monitors and auditors to ensure that neither corporate owner ByteDance nor Chinese officials would be able to access U.S. user data. Cephas appeared at first to be satisfied with the safety measures TikTok was enacting, though the deal had not been formally approved. Now, however, Cephas has rejected TikTok's proposal and is demanding that ByteDance sell the app, something ByteDance has vigorously uh, resisted for years. During the Trump administration, a media outlet aligned with the Chinese Communist Party called a forced, uh, forced divesture, divestiture in the U.S. equivalent to, quote, open robbery, end quote. TikTok's CEO, and I'm going to fucking butcher this name, so bear with me, Shouzi Shu, I believe is how it's pronounced is scheduled to testify before the House Energy and Commerce Committee next Thursday. This comes after a bipartisan bill was unveiled earlier this month that would provide President Biden with the authority to ban TikTok. Cephas's demand that TikTok divest from ByteDance would not solve the data concerns lawmakers have with the app. Quote, the better way to address concerns about national security is with the transparent U.S.-based protection of U.S. user data and systems with robust third-party monitoring, vetting, and verification, which we are, are already implementing, said TikTok spokeswoman Brooke Oberweather. So what does this all mean? Well, this means that people in Congress are afraid that our data is going to be mined by the Chinese government and used for nefarious purposes through the social media app TikTok. Let me ask you a question if you're listening to this and you use TikTok. What data did you give TikTok that you're worried about the Chinese government getting? I gave them my name and my email address. They don't have my social security number. They don't have my bank accounts. Anything that I gave TikTok can be purchased by the Chinese government on the open market. Our data has been available 
to buy for fucking years. My name, my email address, fuck my home address has been for sale for years. Now, all of a sudden, we're going to worry about foreign entities owning social media applications, foreign entities owning the various outlets that we get our news from. Okay, when do we ban Fox News? That's owned by an Australian. <clears throat> when do we ban the Wall Street Journal? That's owned by an Australian. When do we ban Twitter? That's owned by a South African. The fact of the matter is, if you want me to be completely honest with you, these were uh, Republican and Democratic officials who want to ban TikTok. They don't like TikTok because TikTok has finally managed to be, uh, become what the other social media sites haven't become. A true online interaction location. A place where we can all get together, share our ideas, tell people what's going on in our various states, towns, counties, and communities without anybody being able to interfere with it. <coughs> Excuse me. We can see one another. We can hear the inflection in one another's voices. We can share videos and news clips and, and things of that nature in a manner that brings the people together, and that's not what the government needs or wants. They can't have critical thinkers out there sharing ideas that they don't want shared. Just my personal opinion. If this was truly about preventing foreign entities from operating our social media and news outlets, as I said, Fox News, the Wall Street Journal, and Twitter would be fucking history. But nobody's talking about going after Fox News, Twitter, and Wall Street Journal. Are they? Oh, no, 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 no. Those don't pose the same threat as TikTok does. TikTok is where our voices are heard. Remember, TikTok really gained prominence after one user encouraged people to secure all of the tickets to Donald Trump's Tulsa rally in 2020 when he was returning to uh, uh, rallies post-COVID quote-unquote, and he came out to a damn near empty arena. TikTok has the ability to bring people together for a cause and have them act uniformly, and they don't like that. So, is TikTok going to be banned? I would like to think that the courts in this country are going to protect our ability to utilize the apps that we want to use. But you don't know. We have a very conservative Supreme Court, so any challenge to any ban on TikTok would surely make its way all the way to the Supreme Court, and we would be at the mercy of the 6-3 Supreme Court as to whether or not we could actually use this app. So... If you can, head over to that website of mine, oldhippymedia.com, or if you follow me on TikTok or any of the other social media sites, go to the link in my bio. 
If you hit the link in my bio, you're going to see a whole bunch of other links. There's going to be a link to take you to my website. There's going to be a link for this podcast, a link for the Patreon, a link for my merch store, a link for my books, a link for various causes that I support. And there are going to be several links on where you can follow me and find me on the various social media sites. Clapper, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. I even have my fucking LinkedIn in there. So my advice to you is, first and foremost, subscribe to this podcast. Because this is my podcast. They can't take it away. And I'm going to continue doing this podcast and speaking my mind on, on this podcast. And you're going to be able to continue to hear from me on this podcast, first and foremost. Then, I would suggest following on all of the social media platforms, just in case TikTok or TikTok and another social media platform happen to be banned in this country. And not just for me, do it for all of the content creators that you like following. Because you could wake up tomorrow and TikTok could be gone. Follow me, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Facebook is going to be the big one where I do a lot of posts. Instagram, Twitter, follow me on all of them. And I'll be honest with you, if TikTok goes away because I like the format so much, I'll probably just switch over and start doing a shitload more clapper content because it's almost identical to Twitter. I'll bet you clapper is licking their fucking chops at the at the at the mere possibility that TikTok could be banned in the United States because they would stand to gain a lot of users. the The format's almost identical, almost identical. But we move on. We need to move on to uh, the problems we have in this country that are real. TikTok isn't a real problem. You want to know what a real problem is? Florida. Why is Florida a problem? Because they are leaning full on into the fascist skit. On top of the don't say gay bill. And on top of the state of Florida wanting to track the menstrual cycles of girls in school. On top of banning books and curriculum that they don't like. On top of going to war with Disney for speaking their mind about a law. And on top of attempting to find the Special Olympics for imposing their own set of standards for people to compete. Now comes Bill 999 in Florida. I'm going to read you an article now from Spinnaker in Florida. Florida House Bill 999 has sparked mass debate over the future of Florida public universities as it looks to establish new guidelines for employment and degree programs if passed. The new proposed bill states that the Board of Governors would have the power over making sure that universities provide education that informs students of, quote, the Constitutional Republic, end quote. With this power, the state is able to update any public university's mission and instruct universities to remove certain programs. 
This comes after Governor DeSantis sent out numerous memos about diversity, equity, and inclusion in public universities and pledged to defund those programs. HB 999 outlaws a system, outlines, I should say, a system for the Board of Governors to, quote, provide direction to each constituent university on removing from its programs any major or minor in critical race theory, gender studies, or intersectionality. On top of cracking down on what degree programs are being offered, the new bill requires that the Board of Governors provide standards for admissions, graduations, and industry attainment for each university. Each university must submit information each year to ensure that they stay on track with the government-appointed mission and provide students with information about the top and bottom degree programs regarding job placement and annual salary. HB 999 also dips into employment at the university level. Each tenured faculty member must, quote, undergo a comprehensive post-tenure review every five years. This review would assess the performance ratings and productivity of each faculty member. Elizabeth Brown, president of the faculty union United Faculty for Florida at UNF, said that these evaluations would practically remove the option of tenure. She explained that because reviews are available at any time, they could be brought up for any number of reasons, such as identity or belief systems. It is a grueling process for a post-tenure review with hundreds of pages of notes to go through. Hiring is the same way, and HB 999 outlaws a new process for new faculty. Currently, faculty members participate in the hiring process. Brown said that faculty members in the different departments have expertise in their areas of study, allowing them to help select credible job candidates. Excuse me. (laughs) Quote, we know what are the hallmarks of somebody who is accomplished in our field, she said. We can say, who are the candidates that we feel Uh, like have the area of expertise that is needed based on the job ad. Should HB 999 be passed, the hiring process would change completely. Faculty would not be involved in the search process, as the Board of Trustees would be in charge of the vetting process for the candidates. Brown explained that it would be more difficult to select a credible candidate with this new ruling because there would be no input from people involved in the decisions in that field of study. Excuse me. See, told you I might be coughing. You never know. Along with these shifts of power in the university system, HB 999 proposes completely online bachelor's and master's degrees at each public university. According to the bill, these online courses should be similar in rigor and content to in-person classes. By analyzing student demand under the proposed bill, universities may continue offering more online programs each year. Fully online degrees must be offered for at most 75% of the on-campus tuition for Florida residents. The bill outlines that the tuition difference would be because there would be, quote, no distance learning fee, fee for campus facilities, 
or fee for on-campus services. <coughs> However, out-of-state students can still see a complete market rate for tuition. Finally, HB 999 appeals to the pledge from Governor DeSantis of defunding DEI programs and courses at the university level. It would prohibit universities from spending funds from any source on programs that promote diversity, education, and inclusion. The bill provides instruction on general education courses and standards that promote civic literacy without mentioning diversity. Brown said that without diverse education, students would not have the experience and knowledge for the workforce. HB 999 has received major backlash as it creates a higher level of control on public universities from the state. What Florida is doing is they are attempting to control every fucking aspect of their state the way their governor sees fit. So as I've already mentioned, he's already attempted to fine the Special Olympics because the Special Olympics had the audacity to say, if you want to compete, you need to have a mask. And he said, absolutely not. So they had to change the way they run their programs or be fined tens of thousands of dollars. He has now gone after Disney for merely speaking out against a law they disagreed with. In doing so, he's transferred over a billion dollars in bond liability to the taxpayers of Florida. Bond liability that Disney was holding on to. And placed the cost to maintain the improvement district around Disney on the taxpayers of Florida rather than on Disney where it was. He's banning books he doesn't like. He's banning curriculum he doesn't like. Now he's going to go after the tenure of college professors that he doesn't like. And he's telling colleges, you can't talk about inclusion and diversity in your programs. You can't teach critical race theory in fucking college. Don't forget, they also want to track your daughter's menstrual cycle. If you have a daughter that wants to play sports in the state of Florida, they want her to submit her menstrual cycles to somebody to keep track of. But she's not allowed to talk about her menstrual cycles in school. That's the state of Florida. And oh, by the way, the state of Florida is also considering a bill that would ban the Democratic Party from existing in Florida. That's right. Ban the Democratic Party. from. If you're a Democrat, you can no longer be a Democrat in the state of Florida if that bill passes. So what does that mean for the state of Florida? Well, Florida has closed primaries. So here in Illinois, we have an open primary. You walk into the primary booth and they ask you, do you want a Republican or a Democrat ticket? You don't have to be registered with either one. You could pick anyone that you want. In Florida, you have to be registered a Republican to get a Republican uh, primary ballot, or a registered Democrat to get a Democratic ballot. Well, if the Democratic Party's not allowed to exist, nobody's allowed to vote in Democratic primaries. This is fascism. <laughs> 
ladies and gentlemen. This is fascist control. The state of Florida is a full-on fascist state. And it's only getting worse. As long as Ron DeSantis and the Republicans control that state, it's going to continue to slip into more and more fascism. They've initiated a a law in Florida that states that any bloggers that talk about the governor of Florida or the government of Florida have to register with the state of Florida. You even had people like Newt Gingrich on the right come out and say, that's fascism. That's how bad Florida is. But ladies and gentlemen, our biggest problem in this country isn't these politicians, believe it or not. It's the people who keep electing them. These politicians have no power if people don't keep electing them to their offices. So who keeps electing fascist politicians to control our lives? And keep in mind, the Republican Party is the party of limited government. We want to get government out of our lives. How is government out of our lives, state of Florida, if they're tracking our daughter's menstrual cycles and telling us what books we can and can't read? How is the government out of our lives if they're controlling what curriculum can and can't be taught and what you can and can't say when you're in a classroom? Excuse me. The fact of the matter is, the modern-day Republican Party is more of a big government party than the Democrats ever have been. They want to tell you who you can marry, what you can do to your body, what books you can read, how you can vote, and what you can teach in the classroom. So who keeps electing these assholes? What kind of people would clamor to have control be handed over to fascist dictators like Ron DeSantis? Well, it's the people who are easily manipulated by those seeking to push an agenda. It's people who refuse to believe facts. They only believe what their handlers tell them to believe. They believe what right-wing media tells them to believe. I have people in my comment sections that don't believe it takes an act of Congress to reestablish Dodd-Frank. These are people that don't understand how our government works, are extraordinarily easily manipulated, and are low-information voters. So naturally, they can be steered towards electing fascists who control their lives. We're talking about people who believe CRT is taught in elementary and high school. We have a gentleman running for the high school board here in our town whose video describing his positions and why he wants to be on the school board includes CRT. It's a fucking high school board. CRT is a 
law school level course. And it's like second or third year of law school. You are in your mid to late 20s by the time you get to a CRT class. Yet this asshole is going to use it as a talking point to try and get on a high school board because he knows how easily manipulated people's minds can be. We're talking about people who believe teachers are, are grooming our kids. This guy who's running for high school board here in our town, he talked about the sexualized agenda being pushed on our kids. Really? Because the last time I checked, our local school boards don't have decades of verifiable history of child rape and covering up like the church down the street does. You want to talk about who's grooming our kids? It ain't the teachers. It's the men in the fucking directory. By the way, those teachers that they say are grooming our kids, those are the same teachers that they want to harm. Make that make sense. They're trying to indoctrinate our kids, and they're grooming our kids. We need to give them guns. Huh? Huh? The people who elect these assholes are people who refuse to believe the accurate chronology of the economic status of this country since the 80s. I did a video yesterday or the day before yesterday breaking down the economic policies of the various presidents over the course of my lifetime and the effects that it has had on the overall economic state. I talked about how Reagan came in, drastically cut taxes, and implemented economic policies that blew a massive hole in our debt and deficit. Easily verifiable information. They all say, never happened. I talk about how uh, Reagan then had to raise taxes, something in the neighborhood of 14 times in seven years, and he still couldn't get it under control. We had runaway inflation. Now, never happened. I talk about how Clinton came in and worked with a Republican Congress to balance the budget and did so for the last six of his eight years in, in the White House. Now, never happened. 22 million new jobs created under the Clinton administration. Now, never happened. Passed off a surplus to the Bush administration. Now, never happened. <coughs> Excuse me. These are people that don't believe that Republican governors closed their states during the height of the pandemic. Hell, I even have a guy in my comments section on TikTok who said the economy was fine until Biden took over in 2020. What? Biden didn't assume office until the end of January 2021. I got a gentleman 
in my comment section this morning, I'm going to be doing a TikTok about it today, who said that Obama was responsible for the 2008 financial collapse. You know, Obama, who didn't assume office until 2009. <coughs> That's the real problem we have in this country. Excuse me. <coughs> See? Still suffering with the effects of the Rona. That's our biggest problem. Yes, the politicians write and, and enact these laws, but they can't do so unless people put them in a position to do so. And the people who are putting them in a position to do so are, with all due respect, some of the stupidest people you will ever fucking meet. The least informed voting base in the history of this country are Trumpers. And it's Trumpers that are putting people like Ron DeSantis in office. These are low information, easy, easily manipulated, very uneducated people. And they will believe fucking anything that is told to them by the people who hate the same people that they hate. These are people that believe that a man dressed in drag simply reading books to children is more of a danger than any of the people who have ever actually violated children in this country. Our big problem here in the United States is not the politicians. It's the people who believe the politicians. The dumb fucks down in Arizona that believe Carrie Lake when she consistently tells them that the election was stolen from her. The idiots who go to Washington, D.C. and storm the Capitol building because Donnie told them, you need to go fight over this stolen election or we're never going to have our country back. Easily manipulated, low information, uneducated, stupid fucking people. <clears throat> That's what they are. They're fucking idiots. And we need to vote in numbers that nullify their numbers. Period. I've been trying for two years to educate these fucks on TikTok. And for ten years before that over on Facebook. They don't care about facts. They don't care. You're not going to re-educate them. You're not going to make them see the light. You're not going to get them to understand what reality is. The only thing we can do is outvote them. And right now, we're facing elections that really fucking matter. We're facing local elections next month. Local elections are where this shit starts. <clears throat> Google Moms of Liberty. They're an organization trying to get candidates into your local school boards all across the country who actually believe that teachers are grooming our kids and CRT is being taught as young as third grade. They start by infiltrating your school boards. 
your park district boards, your village boards. And they work their way up from there. So before you go vote in your local elections next month, really get to know the positions of the people who are on the ballot. Really get to know those people who are trying to play games to get their agenda through. Now, this gentleman I was talking about that's on the school board, he's an actual danger to the education of our kids. He has no business being anywhere near a school board. He's a true ideological, with all due respect, idiot. But there are other people who are not necessarily ideological idiots. They're just manipulative. They just know how to play games in order to get themselves into power. We have people like that on our local village board. Now, unfortunately, we have three people in my town running for three seats on the village board. So the one gentleman who's on the village board, who's also a local talk show host, uh, is going to get reelected. He has no business being on our, our local village board. I won't be voting for him, but the fact that there isn't another candidate to vote for means the minute he votes for himself, he's in. We need more candidates on the local level who have a common fucking sense amongst themselves, more candidates on the local level that actually possess a brainstem. And we need more people on the local level to be more involved with what's going on on their school boards, on their township boards, on their park district boards, on their library boards, on their village boards. It is important for you to understand what all of their positions are. Dig into them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you can run into them in in a grocery store, stop them. Ask them their positions. Don't just blindly walk into the voting booth and go, well, I saw some signs with his name on it. I'm just going to vote for him. That's where it begins. And they've learned that that's where they can first easily infiltrate. These organizations are trying to infiltrate how our kids are taught first, and they work their way up from there. Because remember, ladies and gentlemen, an uneducated voting base is an easily manipulated voting base. We need to outvote them. We need to show up to the polls in numbers that they can't overcome. Because at the end of the day, there are more of us than there are them. We just need to act like it. This is our battle to fight in the modern era. Our biggest problem is the guy living next to us is living with a disconnect from reality. So make sure you're registered to vote. Make sure everybody you know is registered to vote. Make sure you and all of those people are educated on the subjects and the positions of the people you're voting for. And then get your fucking ass to the polls and vote these pricks out. On one final note, if I may. What the fuck are the Colts doing signing Gardner Minshew? 
Motherfucker, that better be for a backup position. Now, I have to believe, I have to, I have to believe that because they're sitting there with the number four pick, he is there to be a backup, and they're going to actually go out and get a quarterback in the draft, and Gardner Menchu is not going to be our starting quarterback. But if we start next season with Gardner Menchu as our starting quarterback, I am going to lose my ever-loving shit. On that note, that's all I got for you this week. Thank you guys for sticking around during my month off, being patient that I haven't been doing podcasts. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in here. Do me a favor. Tell everybody you know about this podcast so we can continue to get the numbers of this podcast up so we can hopefully get some sponsors in here. Tune in next week for another episode, hopefully. And until then, as always, stay grateful.